This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome to another special edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host Adam Jones and today I'm bringing you another interview, this time with former Everton striker, head of Everton's match against Southampton, which is live on Amazon Prime on Thursday. I caught up with Blues hero Kevin Campbell to discuss the changes the club have already seen under Carlo Ancelotti, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's form under the Italian, transfer priorities looking ahead to the summer and much more. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, I mean, the last time we spoke to each other was, funnily enough, just before Marco Silva's last game in charge, that uh, that Merseyside derby. Of course, Carlo yeah. Ancelotti's in charge at Everton now. Do you think Everton are already seeing uh, the benefits of having a manager of his calibre at the helm? I think so. I, I honestly do. I think the experience that Carlo Ancelotti has and is, is brought to the, to the football club um, is, is, is rubbing off on, on some players, but I think it, overall it's rubbing off on the fans and the, and, and the football club. Look, the, the, the results and some of the performances, we know, and I'm sure we're going to cover this later on in the, in the interview, but I think what Carlo Ancelotti has to do, he has to assess what he's got and then realise what is needed. I think that's really key because a man of his experience will work that out pretty quickly. He came in, Duncan Ferguson done a great job uh, over his four-game tenure. He came in. We've seen Everton start to, to make some moves um, in the league, pick up some points, etc. But some of those old frailties are still there and I'm sure that's some creases that he's going to need to iron out. Mm. You mentioned that feel-good factor there amongst the supporters, and that's really key, isn't it? And you know, bringing in a, a world-class manager like him, nobody's nobody else would really be able to uh, get that feeling amongst the fans, really, would they? No, I think what's happened in the past, Adam, is a lot of the managers who came in are looking to build a, a reputation. Whereas, you know, finally Everton have pulled the trigger on somebody who's got the resume. He's smart enough. He, he was manager of Napoli before, who, you know, done great. Um, challenging for Juventus for the league title. Played great football, played in Europe. You know, were very competitive side. So I'm sure the fan base are, are looking at it and saying, you know, here's a manager. We can't even question the manager because he's, he's been there, seen it, done it. He's done it in the Premier League uh, uh, before as well. So he knows the league. So... Finally, we've got a manager who could steer the ship. Now we need the right people, uh, players on the pitch or in the squad. And I'm sure he's going to work that out. So, you know, it's great to be an Evertonian to see a manager like that. But now is the, is the exciting part, but it's the painful part because it's the, be- it's the rebuild now. He's got to rebuild and, and fatten that squad up with, with quality players. Mm. There's been a big focus on defensive organisation since he joined and, you know, especially since lockdown as well. Do you think that's something that Everton have needed for a good few years now? Well, I think the back end of last season, Everton were were pretty good. That obviously, um, they had Kurt Zuma in there and stuff like that. And I think they were, they were defending very well at the back end of last season. But, you know, no two seasons are the same. So you start this season and then you start shipping goals etc and you know that's something that has to be tightened up any good side has to tighten up their defence 
So that's the first thing that Carlo Ancelotti done when he came in. He made sure they were hard to beat. That's a great, that's a great place to start. And then obviously the flair comes after that. So, you know, if you're not conceding, you're not losing. And, you know, it's a, it's a smart way to look at things. Mm. Seems to be a lot less focus on the strikers at the minute, especially over the last four games. As a striker yourself, how would you feel playing in this sort of like defensively organised sort of structure? You know, I think what it's what's best for the team. You're still going to get your opportunities, but you know, it's no point being a striker. Uh, you scoring two goals and you're losing four two every week. You know that doesn't make sense. So, you know, your your, your defenders a team, your attackers a team. But you know, if the onus is on not conceding, then you make sure you don't concede. And then that just means that you've got to be pretty clinical when the chances do arrive. Mm. Uh, one player who's certainly picked up a lot of praise in that position this season is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Do you think he's really fashioned himself into a typical Everton number nine this season? I, I, I do. I think he's done brilliant. I think uh, especially, I think when he plays on his own, it's a lot, a lot more dif- different and a lot more difficult for him than when he's got somebody to play with because it's a foil. It occupies the other centre-half, whereas when it's just one forward up there, both centre-halves could tee off on you. You know, both could, one could go tight and the other one could drop off, so it's a lot more difficult. He tends to find that he, he, he runs channels well, but running the channel well means when he gets the ball and he sets it back, he can't then be in the box, so it's a lot more difficult. But having Richarlison up there and uh, Moise Keane at times, I think he's uh, he's done absolutely brilliant. And what is he on, 15 goals this, this season so far or whatever? Fantastic return. I'd love to see him get to uh, 18, 20 goals before the end of the season. That would be a real achievement for him and uh, that would be put a feather in his cap. And uh, Carlo Ancelotti would definitely be looking at maybe somebody to play with him because I still think Richarlison isn't quite a striker. I think he's better coming from wide. Mm. I mean, Calvert-Lewin had his first share of critics before this season, uh, not for his hard work, obviously everybody knew that, but uh, his ability to find the back of the net was sometimes brought into question, as you've said, 15 goals this season now. Do you think this is the turning point that he can now build on for the next few years? Well, we definitely hope so. We definitely hope so. Look, I, I just think before the, the criticisms were there, and rightfully so at times, because he was doing a lot of his work outside the box, and found it, remember, he's a, he's a winger by trade. He's not really a centre-forward. So we found that a lot of the work was being done outside the box and then he found himself not getting in the box. Um, now, when he's got a foil, when he's got somebody to play with him, he finds himself being able to get in the box a lot more. And that's where you're going to score your goals as a number nine. You're going to score your majority of your goals in the box. And he finds himself in between those posts. He's got a great chance of scoring, so... You know, I think he's done marvellous and uh, fingers crossed, um, you know, he goes on from strength to strength and it is a proper turning point in his career. Mm. And looking at Everton's last match in particular, unfortunately we do have to, uh, <laughs> do have to talk about it. Uh, it must have been a bit of a disappointing one for you, especially, you know, Everton losing and Tottenham <laughs> winning all in one. Oh, <laughs> another painful one. Look, you know, Adam, the, the, the most important thing is we don't, we don't, hide away from the from the difficult moments every every team who wants to be challenging at the top have to go through these difficult moments and that was like turning the clock back to how Everton were you know they were passive they weren't aggressive enough and for an Everton team that's hardly ever something you could you know 
pinpoint at them. But they weren't aggressive. They, they, they weren't putting their foot in the midfield. There was no aggressive running. There was no real creativity. It was, it was just a passive performance. And I'm sure Carlo Ancelotti must be, you know, he prepares the team and, you know, sends the team out there to, to play against the Spurs side. If we're honest, Spurs weren't great either. And you know, I think they were there for they were there for the taking, but yeah. just seems that Everton couldn't get it going. And you know, if you're gonna, if you're looking to be a team who's going to be moving up that league and challenging, you have to be able to turn up. You know, you it's, 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 we heard it so many times. It's not a tap you could turn off and turn on as you please. You've got to be going at it hammer on tongue every game. And I just don't feel the squad is equipped yet to do that. And I'm sure Carlo Ancelotti will be looking at that. He knows. He knows he's seen it happen from time to time throughout his, his short tenure now. And he knows that he has to, he has to add the pieces that are going to make Everton competitive. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, you mentioned the midfield there. I don't think it's just been that game that the midfield has been a bit of an issue for Everton this season. Obviously, there's been injury problems. You know, Delft's been in and out of the team. Gabamon's obviously been a long-term absentee. So was Gomez for one point in the uh, in the season. But even when everybody's fit in that position, do you think that's a place where Everton should be looking to strengthen in the summer? 100%. 100%. I, I, you know, the one thing I don't see in the Everton midfield is is a player who can run past Dominic Calvert-Lewin from midfield and, and, and get goals, or somebody who could pick the ball up from the centre of the pitch and drive. That's one thing I don't see. And they're all good technical players who can get the ball and pass the ball, etc., etc. But that dynamic threat from midfield, I don't see. And I believe that's what Everton really need. They need someone in there who can not only get goals, but can make a difference on the attacking end. So um, I think that's that's a priority for Carlo Ancelotti. This is where we're seeing the absence of Idrissa Guy certainly hit home a little bit more. Well, I think defensively, especially his energy, um, it, you know, was infectious. His energy, putting tackles in, making contact with with with, with opposition players, etc. You know, is. Um, it's underrated. That is underrated. And what, and you only really realise it when you lose it. And when it's gone out your team and then you start seeing pa- more passive performances, you know, it's, 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 it's not on. So, Carlo Ancelotti's come in. He, he knows what he needs. He's, listen, he's, he's, he's been a world-class manager for years. He knows what this Everton team needs and I believe he's going to have the funds to do it. And fingers crossed he gets to buy those players who can come in and make a difference. Do you think the defence maybe needs uh, some additions as well? Obviously, there's a few questions over what's going to happen at right-back. There's only three senior options at centre-back as well. Yeah, look, I, I think there's going to be some changes, definitely. Um, how many, I'm not so sure. Another centre-back, you can never go wrong with a, uh, an experienced centre-back. Um, I know Everton have got uh, some decent centre-backs, but... That centre-back who has done it, who's got the experience, etc., that makes a huge difference as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I think Lucas Dina, there's there's talk of teams being interested in him. So I don't know. I know Carlo Ancelotti's brought a, a young lad in um, from France. Um, will... Uh, 
Will he make a, a, another addition at right back um, to, to challenge uh, Seamus Coleman, etc.? You know, there's many questions there, but I could speculate all I like, but Carlo Ancelotti, he's the one who's going to know what he needs. He knows who's going to stay, who's going to go, etc. But there's no harm in strengthening that defence, that's for sure. Mm. You're talking about experience in the back line. Obviously, somebody who's been linked quite a lot with uh, Everton over the past few weeks is Thiago Silva. He's somebody that Ancelotti knows well, has all that experience, as you say. Would you be on board with that sort of signing? I, I, I would. Uh, when you look at you, you look at the resume, you look at the manager's resume, and you look at the clubs he's played for. If he's going to go and get a player, that's because he knows that player can come in and do a job. Thiago Silva has, has done it wherever he's been. He's a good, strong player. People talk about age, age. Forget age. These guys are so fit and strong these days that you need players who can, and he has been captain, so you need someone who can rally the troops, who can, you know, lead by example. I think that's a lot what's missing from this Everton team as well, is the leadership. So the more players like that that come in and offer leadership, I think the better. Mm. And it would be great for young players, you know, like Yeri Mina and Mason Holgate, to try and uh, learn from players like that as well, wouldn't it? Oh, it's important. It's definitely important. You know, the old ways where the, the old players used to put their arm around the young players and, 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 and guide them through a season, you know, that seems to be a thing of the past, but it's needed. If you've got any uh, aspects or any desire to get up that league and to be challenging and to have a squad that's capable, you need experienced players who have been there, seen it, done it to help you through. Mm-hmm. So let's look ahead to tonight's match, Everton v Southampton. Southampton are already better away from home. Now they won't have a Goodison Park crowd to deal with and they're coming off the back of a big win over Man City in their last match. This is going to be a tough ask for Everton, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, but I still expect Everton to win. Everton, uh, I, I, I want a reaction. Uh, definitely want a reaction uh, after that Spurs game. And I think Southampton, they beat Man City, but let's be honest, Man City created enough chances to win three games, didn't they? But just couldn't... But listen, you, you, you've got to ride your... If you're going to beat Man City, sometimes you have to ride your luck. And they rolled their luck in that game. They're still a dangerous side. Don't get me wrong. Southampton are a dangerous team. And uh, uh, in Danny Ings, they've got somebody who, who knows where the back of the net is. So that defence is going to have to defend properly. But I expect Everton to the Everton are at home, and I expect them to to be hungry for this game because it's one that you know after that poor showing against Spurs, you know to get the, everybody back on on track. I think they've got to win this game, and I, I expect them to win it. After that game, would you want to see a, a fair number of changes across the starting eleven? Um, I, I don't know about changes, but you know, Carl Ancelotti might play a. a a smart game and put the same team out because he's got to expect a, a reaction from these players because that was nowhere near good enough, that performance. And, you know, when you look across the team, the team are better than that, you know, to, than that performance at Spurs. So, you know, no two games are the same, as I keep saying. So, you know, it might, it might pick the same team to go out there and perform. Plus, you're at, you're at home. So, you know, I'm definitely looking for them to, to perform and, and, and win this game and be hungry and show a lot more aggression. Mm. Anthony Gordon in particular was somebody who played really well against Leicester, I thought, came off the bench against Spurs and I thought he had a, a good second half. 
would you like to see him maybe introduced back to the starting eleven? If, if yeah, if I, I, well, I, I like Anthony Gordon. I think he's an interesting player. He's very, he's got an old head and young shoulders. Very clever player. Knows what he's doing, which is very rare in youngsters um, these days. And I don't. If he if he started, I don't think that will be uh, a weakening of of Everton's first team. That's for sure. Um, whether he actually plays or he comes off the bench, I think he's a he's a welcome addition to this Everton squad. But maybe he won't start. But I could see him definitely coming off the bench and making an impact. Mm. And then on the opposite flank, you know, uh, Alex Iwobi, ex Arsenal, uh, seems to be finding his groove uh, t- since lockdown. Uh, what have you made of his uh, time at Everton so far? <laughs> Yeah, I think his, his time at Everton's been cut a bit like the team. Um, you know, some good games, some bad games, some indifferent games. You know, there's there's moments where you could see the quality of Alex Awolby and he's looking really good. But then there's times where you don't really see him in the game. And I think that's something Carlo Ancelotti, I'm sure, is going to work with him on to be more prominent in games. And Because he's got the quality, that's for sure. And he, he likes to pr- play forward and probe and open uh, and, and create chances. So, uh, um, you know, I think Alex Iwobi, he's got, there's a lot more to come from Alex Iwobi, that's for sure. And, you know, now that they're going to be at home, I'm hoping that Alex Iwobi starts to take the, uh, the game by the scruff of the neck a little bit more and, uh, and create a lot more chances and get some goals as well. I think he's got so much in his luck. He's got so much ability. He should, he's got to add goals to, to that ability. Mm. Uh, before the Spurs game, Carlo Ancelotti described Everton's remaining matches as six finals, as uh, they want to perhaps pursue uh, European qualification at the end of the season. Uh, a loss against Spurs kind of makes this game ever more important, really, doesn't it? Well, every game that that every game that counts down now is going to be even more important, especially if you if you win the game. You know, losing to Spurs was a was a body blow, but you get an opportunity tonight to to rectify that situation and get three points. And listen, as long as you're winning and you're up there to challenge and you have a chance, that's what Carlo Ancelotti wants because you just never know. You could sneak in. There's some weird results going on in this league. So at the end of the day, Everton have to take care of their own business. And uh, now that they're going to be at home to Southampton, Everton need to win this game. Mm. There's tough away games, of course, coming up to Sheffield United and Wolves, uh, two teams obviously fighting for European qualification themselves. So they're going to be massively important. But do you think it puts a lot more emphasis on Everton's remaining home games now to just get the job done and move into those games? Yeah, 100%. Look, if you're, if you're winning your home games, it gives you a chance on the road. If you're losing your home games, you know, you've got a very, very difficult task to, to do away from home. So... You know, Everton need to take care of their business at home, win your home games and pick up what you can away. If you can nick a win, you nick it, but don't lose. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.